who it's for, and that um, it is a very broad definition of family, right? So we don't always think about um, same-sex couples as being persons who have access to these types of of benefits. Um, The other misconception, I think, is its impact on the economy. Often, people go through life-changing experiences without any guidance. But what if you had the tools available to help you in your journey? I welcome you to the Misguided Notions podcast. Our mission is to create a space where we discuss thought-provoking topics with people that go through real-life experiences. My goal is to inspire, empower, and help build awareness to a number of issues that our society doesn't really talk about. So listen in, engage in conversation, and if you'd like, share your story. In this episode, we sit down with Madeline Villanueva, who works for Time to Care New York. They're a non-for-profit organization that helps to educate and build awareness about New York paid leave. Just some facts about New York State paid leave. It became in effect January 1st, 2018. It offers accessibility for families to take care of their loved ones, such as a child, seriously ill loved one, and someone who is facing deployment. We discussed the ideal candidate for NYPL and how it is financially sustainable, full-time versus part-time eligibility status with regard to employment, the differences between New York paid leave versus FMLA, which people tend to use interchangeably. And what's interesting is that I actually had reached out to Madeline via social media because I had been following her organization that she works for, Time to Care New York, for a while. And I was very excited to hear about this law. And honestly, I get asked about it a lot. So why not go to the source and get some information? So I reached out and herself and her colleagues were more than happy to set up this interview, so I was very excited and very, very fortunate to get to sit down with her. Madeline and I met at a local coffee shop, so it was a little bit noisy, so I do apologize. I tried to clean up the sound as much as I could. So again, it's maybe not the best in audio, but we did our best. So um, thank you and good afternoon. Madeline Villanueva. I'm with the New York Paid Leave Coalition. And the New York Paid Leave Coalition is a nonprofit with a mission of um, advocating for workplace policies that promote economic stability for working families with a focus on um, our most vulnerable families. Uh, We were a lead organization in the 300-plus coalition that um, organized and advocated for the New York State um, paid family leave law. That was a long and hard-fought effort amongst um, a huge group of organizations. And since implementation, now we have moved on to not only implementation of the law, 
but also supporting um, our coalition partners throughout the state in promoting and moving forward um, statewide paid sick days or in their localities, um, amongst a number of other workplace-related uh, issues. We are part of a national network, the Family Values at Work, who is also very much focused on uh, supporting these efforts at a state level, but also moving forward a, a national um, policies that are family work or family friendly. Uh, my background is on Wall Street. And um, some years ago, after the financial crisis, I had some time to sort of reassess where I was going, what I was doing and I wanted to do work that more closely aligned with what I had learned and my values. Uh, I've done work in childcare and um, before moving on to paid family leave where now my effort is in helping raise awareness and promote the usage of New York State paid family leave, particularly amongst or particularly through engagement with the healthcare sector, which is in an in a prime sort of place to help move forward the, the knowledge about this law and help uh, their patients probably understand it at a time when they're very likely to, to need it or, and their family would also um, benefit from knowing right. about it. Sure, sure, sure. That's great. That's great. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the New York Paid Family Leave Act? Sure. It, um, it is a social insurance coverage, very similar to temporary disability insurance. It is fully funded by employee contributions. It is meant to be used for bonding with a new child, for family care, that is to care for a seriously ill relative, and to assist um, family when a member has been deployed. Mm. Uh, like the, military, you mean? Exactly. Else, oh, okay. Yes, thank okay. you. Mm -hmm. And the program provides some level, depending on the year, mm -hmm. it, it provides a level of wage replacement and, very importantly, job protection. So in um, the first year, which was this year, 2018, Employees were able to take eight weeks and receive 50% wage replacement. In 2019, the number of weeks will increase to 10 weeks and wage replacement will increase to 55%. In 2020, it, the number of weeks will remain at 10 weeks, but wage replacement will move up to 60%. And then in 2021, it will reach um, its highest point in both weeks as well as wage replacement at 12 weeks and then 67% oh, wow. wage replacement. Okay, okay. Can you just explain, because people always ask me so many questions about <laughs> this act, and I never really know what to say, but you make reference to wage replacement. Can you just explain that for our listeners so they can understand what that means? So um, you, the leave is paid, 
However, um, and it is based on a percentage of what the state average weekly wage is. So depending on what your particular income is, you may get, um, you may qualify to get the full 55% of your average weekly wage, um, or you may cap out at $746.41 next year if your average weekly wage is above what the state's average oh, weekly okay. wage is. Okay, gotcha. I understand. Okay. I understand. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And can you explain for us just a little bit the difference between the paid family leave versus FMLA? Because I feel like people, including myself, we use this interchangeably and that's not correct, right? <laughs> so, um, the paid New York State paid family leave and FMLA are different in many regards. Um, firstly, FMLA is a federal law, whereas New York State paid family leave is a state law. FMLA provides job protection to care for yourself or a ill family member. However, it is unpaid. Whereas the New York State law provides job protection so you can care for a family member. You don't, it doesn't cover care for yourself, whereas FMLA does. Mm. I don't think I knew is, that either. And it is paid. Oh. So let's just backtrack, I'm sorry. So if I wanted to take a leave because I'm sick or whatever, I wouldn't be able to take it on the New York Right, the New law. York State, New York State law, law is not for, uh, not for self. self. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But if it were my, if I needed my to take care of my mom, it yes. would cover for that. If she, yes, yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yes, okay. Um, it also there are a couple of other distinctions um, in New York State. It covers the private private sector employers mm. who have as little as one employee. Whereas the federal law, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it applies to employers with a minimum of 50 mm. employees or more. So there is not everyone exactly is covered. Even though New York State, it does focus on private sector. And we can, I know further down the line, we will be discussing a little bit more ex exactly about who is Eligible, right? Yes, yes. So definitely. there's a little difference also in terms of eligibility with respect to the definition of family. New York mm -hmm. State law is more inclusive versus the federal law, which isn't, which gotcha. isn't as inclusive. Okay. Um, both of them, you do retain your health insurance. Mm, okay. Um, you continue paying, you continue paying into that if there is an employee contribution. Gotcha. Okay. And so now, who is the ideal candidate that may be wanting to explore the New York paid leave? The, 
as we started to, to speak a little bit on in yes. the previous yes. question, someone who is employed in the private sector, mm-hmm. it could be domestic worker also, independent contractor. Oh, um, there's go, the, I'm sorry, um, before independent contractor, what was it you said? Domestic workers. Domestic workers. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the poss- possibility of self-employed persons mm. to to opt into the, the program. Mm. Um, persons in the public sector may be covered if they're represented by a union that um, collectively bargain for this benefit. Gotcha, gotcha. So they're not automatically covered. It really depends on their collective um their ag- collective bargaining yep. agreement okay exactly. got it got it okay and it would be someone who who had a either a newborn child or adopted or foster care child who has a seriously ill family member that needs to be cared for and if there's a family member who's been deployed and the family needs assistance mm-hmm. related to them and does it matter if the person works full-time versus part-time? Both are covered. Mm-hmm. So it applies to both full-time, which is defined as 20 hours or more a week. Mm-hmm. They would need to have worked 26 consecutive weeks mm. with the same employer. And part-time employees... Uh, those that work less than 20 hours a week would need to have worked 175 days. They also would need to pay into the system, so make contributions. You mean prior to prior to have applying for the benefit? Yes. So these are already since this is a law, this these are um, contributions already being deducted from those who would be eligible. Gotcha. So the, okay. de- the deduction is less than 1%. It's mm. 0.153% oh. Oh, wow. okay. of your weekly wage. Um, and once again, it is capped. So the most um, that would be deducted in any given week in 2019 will be two dollars seven cents and that comes out to $107.97 maximum um, deduction for the year in 2019 Uh, and it applies regardless of immigration status should these two eligibility requirements Mm. be Met. met okay 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 that's really not bad like from a financial standpoint if for you to contribute that much, it really doesn't. I think that was a big part of the process in terms of getting the law Right, that's amazing. And are there, I feel like we did touch upon this a little bit, but not all that much, but are there provisions in place for people that aren't blood related, like domestic partnership or a fiance? Because I actually had that recently where someone asked me when the law had just passed, and I really didn't know what to tell her because she was engaged <laughs> to her significant other who she was wanting to take a, take a leave for. Uh, so for bonding leave, 
it applies to both parents, including same-sex parents, and regardless of marital status. Yet, I understand that the definition of the requirements for domestic partner would need to be met in that instance. And so there, there are criteria available that will let you know if you qualify as a domestic partner. So part of it is the budgeting, the living together, if there's other shared children or not. Um, and in terms of family care, this applies to a spouse, domestic partner, child, stepchild, grandchild, parent, parent-in-law, or guardian. So they, they really did make an effort to to make it a very broad definition yeah. of family. It includes a lot of individuals that I feel like you really wouldn't think, you know, may not that may not be. They might think, well, I'm not blood-related, but if you can qualify under these particular circumstances, you could be eligible. So I think that's great. It's wonderful. Okay. And can you give a brief overview of the initial process of applying? Sure. Um, so, firstly, there are, it's being asked that employees provide their employer 30 days advance notice when possible. Right? So usually that would, would be the case in terms of, you know, um, childbirth, right? Usually. Um, you would get the proper forms, each type of leave, whether it's bonding leave, family care leave, or military deployment related. Each of these have um, one kind of common sheet, and then there are other sheets related or document forms related to each type of leave. So you would need to get those. Those usually um, should be accessible through your employer or their insurance carrier for this. Oh, the insurance carrier too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Or the New York State Paid Family Leave website. Mm-hmm. Quick question. You said insurance carrier because I'm, I'm talking out loud now. I'm thinking, thinking out loud rather. So you mean health insurance carrier? The Paid Family Leave Insurance Carrier. carrier. Okay, oh. Because this is a rider that we didn't, um, I hadn't mentioned before. This oh. is a rider on the employer's temporary disability insurance. I didn't realize that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, got it, got yes. it. Okay, understood. I'm sorry. No, no, and I hadn't mentioned it. So. Yeah, continue. <laughs> um, there is a portion for the employer to fill, fill out. The employee would provide it to their employer. They have three days to return it to the employee. The employee then is the one um, that has to collect the proper documentation. So, for example, in the case of bonding leave, a birth certificate, or maybe one of those documents. Right. Like, so you would collect those, and then the employee would be responsible for submitting the form to the insurance carrier. It's the employee, not the employer, who would be responsible. Uh, the empl- the insurance carrier has 18 days to deny or approve. Should it be denied, there is a process of arbitration that an employee can access. 
Um, and I also want to note that the employee can take the time intermittently. Oh, so they don't have so to use it consecutively. They don't have to use it consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of bonding leave, both parents can take paid family leave at the same time. The only time um, that that may not be possible is if they both work for the same employer and their being out at the same time does impact because it could be a big, it might be a situation where both parents being out has no no impact depending on the size of the organization or what's sure. happening. Sure, that makes sense. Okay, great, great. Um, I did have a question. I, oh, sorry. sorry. No, uh-huh. I also want to point out mm-hmm. that, um, you know, your employer cannot discriminate or retaliate for you either asking to take this leave mm. or taking the leave. Right, which I think and is a good point. So that as well. Right. So that's that's a good point to mention because I feel that a lot of people might be reluctant to explore this as an option for fear that their job may be at risk or they might be denied or they might be retaliated against for whatever reason. But that is, of course, illegal. (laughs) I would imagine. Yeah, no, it is. It is. (laughs) It is not the employer's place. to either approve or deny this leave, actually, it's you have a legal right to this leave, so they cannot approve it. They cannot deny it, and um, I think that's something that is helpful for employees to know when they're in the process of applying applying for this. Absolutely. Now, I have heard something about. Because people that have asked me to, that they, I'm sorry, let me backtrack. So I've had people ask me about the process in the sense that there's some sort of medical piece that's required. Are you aware of this? Like that's almost like there's a part of the form where they have to bring to either their doctor or the loved one's doctor. I don't know. Is that accurate? So in terms of getting information from your healthcare provider. So for, for bonding leave, it's a, it tends to be pretty straightforward. You can submit either a birth certificate as documentation or a letter from your healthcare provider. Now, if you're caring for a seriously ill relative, a family member, then that person's, the person who requires the care, needs to submit to their healthcare provider form so that they can certify that they indeed do need need care and they do need to um, provide that health care provider the patient needs to provide their health care provider permission per HIPAA to share share this information onto the on the form the patient in turn gives the completed form to the person who's taking that leave, the leave, that is the person who will be caring for them. And then that person continues the process and submit it to their insurance carrier. Got it, okay, got it. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you so much for clarifying that because I get asked that question so much, so much. So is there a resource or a website where people can kind of look into this rather than going to their employer? Again, we talked a bit about that fear of retaliation or they're worried about what their employer might say. And a lot of times, honestly, you kind of don't want your employer to maybe know what's going on so you maybe want to do your own research before so what is a link or some sort of a um, website maybe that they can access this particular information so New York State has set up a site and that is paid family leave one word dot ny dot gov so it's fairly straightforward paid family leave .ny.gov. They have also set up a helpline, and that is available Monday through Friday, 8.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon. That number is 844-337-6303. 844-337-6303. They have a couple of different languages that are supported outside of English um, can't recall them all but I know they have, I know they have Spanish Creole I want to say Polish and maybe Russian I don't know Just, yeah, yeah we'll, so I will definitely include all of I that in the show notes <laughs> we'll include all of that information don't worry they, they do have some other languages um, supported on the helpline great phenomenal and so I'm curious, what does New York paid leave look like a year later, now that we're entering into 2019? So I think a year later, we, we're doing well. I think overall, I think there, there is room to continue to push forward awareness about the law and encouraging it its usage, uh, the benefits in 2019 will increase from eight weeks to 10 weeks. Wage replacement will um, also increase from 50 to 55%. Um, there are areas where we could continue to work where paid family leave doesn't quite um, cover paid sick days. Not everyone in the state has paid sick days, so there's room for growth there. Um, temporary disability insurance hasn't really changed in the past 30 years. That's $170, $170 a week, a figure that really has not kept up with, with the times. Absolutely not. Um, and it doesn't offer job protection. So, so there is um, this work still to, to be done. And then there is uh, the national platform, right, where uh, there is increasing talk on a national level about a federal policy for paid family leave. This has strong support uh, amongst voters regardless of party affiliation. Um, 
and we feel that it's that is promising that is being spoken about that is bringing being brought to the fore and, and we're hoping that the lessons learned and the best practices from those states that have paid family leave will help inform that conversation mm. well said well said madeline and my final question that I like to ask my guests, what are some misguided notions that you notice people have with regard to the Paid Family Leave Act? For New York, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think with, with respect to paid family leave, a lot of times um, is associated with maternity leave specifically. It's excuse me, not viewed as something that both parents could take advantage of. You know, men are not usually viewed as caregivers in their families, and they very much play a role in the child's development and in assisting the person who, who just gave birth. Um, and I think that that's part of the the misguided kind of notions. It's who who it's for, and that um, it is a very broad definition of family, right? So we don't always think about um, same-sex couples as being persons who have access to these types of of benefits. Um, the other misconception, I think, is its impact on the economy. Uh, quite often, um, it's viewed or portrayed as something that negatively impacts or could negatively impact our economy. And if one were to look at the states that do have paid family leave. I don't think the evidence bears that out. Uh, the, the states that have passed this law are California, New Jersey, Rhode Island, um, New York, obviously. Um, and the law will go into effect in 2020 in Washington State. And it will go into effect in 2020 also in D.C., and in Massachusetts in 2021. Um, but if one were to look at the states where it's already effective and being used, I don't, I don't think that it would uphold that argument. Right, right, right. Wow. And I think that in our society, we're all about work, 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 work that it's so nice to know that people have fought so hard to put this into fruition. And it took a long time based on our conversations prior. It took years, I mean, decades, really. Yeah, decades to pass this into law. And how phenomenal would it be if we all could have access to this particular benefit? So again, there's still work to be done, but we are definitely headed in the right direction thank you so much madeline for being a part of this and for being thank my you, guest Sandrine. <laughs> no we appreciate to have the conversation with you because once again 
the healthcare sector is in an in kind of pivotal spot to help raise awareness and promote the usage of paid family leave. I mean, it is a medical event that triggers the usage of this law. So if we can collaborate more and more with the healthcare sector in terms of educating healthcare providers and the admin staff to be knowledgeable about this, not to be experts necessarily, but to have enough knowledge to be able to assist their patients and their families in navigating either a childbirth or an illness in terms of, okay, how can I balance caring for someone and my economic, our family's economic well-being? And I think the healthcare sector, um, who was very instrumental in getting this law passed, um, can continue to play a vital role. Madeline provided us with some valuable information and insight into the New York Paid Leave Law. I'd like to reiterate that it is available specifically through private sector employers, and you should definitely check with your employer to see if this is a benefit that they provide, because it does vary depending on whether or not you work in the public sector. It offers job protection, and no employer is allowed to retaliate against you for utilizing this benefit. In regards to job protection, it equals restitution to a comparable position as far as rank and salary if you are unable to return to your exact position. In years to come, the law definitely shows some significant improvement in wage replacement, which I think is amazing. It's absolutely incredible to know that it is not just something that allows you to be able to care for a loved one, but also it seems as though it is financially sustainable and as Madeline said there is work to be done but many other states have actually passed this law for some time and it has shown to be very successful if you or someone you know utilize this benefit time to care New York would love to hear from you they're interested in hearing from New Yorkers that are willing to share their story so if that is the case and you've had the opportunity to use this benefit please reach out to them i'll definitely leave all of the links and information in the show notes and i do have a question for you listeners what do you think of paid leave listeners does your country offer it (laughs) i'd love to know i'd love to hear from you be sure to send me a message on instagram or you can even send me an email Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the Misguided Notions podcast.